And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. We're back again on Saturday night, Matt, and things are a little different. We finally decided to get get hip with the kids, get where the young people are, and we're finally making this show happen on Discord now instead of Skype for like the last number of years. It's about damn time you came over to Discord. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was the one slowing it down. 100% I was. If you're actually in the Comic Multiverse Discord, you'll notice I've actually, like, probably responded more in the last couple, like, in the last week than I have in years, and that's because yeah. I finally had to put it on my phone. I know, I saw you on there, I'm thinking, oh, is Joel alright? Is, is he being replaced <laughs> by a pod person? Yeah, really, is he? Oh, no, is he one of them puppets I hear so much about <laughs> in the lies of P? Has he been replaced? No, no, it's, it's me. It's just, you know, other work and other responsibilities abilities meant i finally had to get discord because last week we did a show on discord and everyone said it sounded way better so i'm yeah. like all right fuck it i guess that's the way to go now it did sound so much better it did and i'm like really has skype been the problem this whole time because obviously you know you try really hard to make the show sound good we have the same mics and the same cameras and everything which are not cheap so like it should sound like professional quality but it, it was always my end sounded a little worse i'm like well, what the hell is the problem with that uh now we know that it was uh skype whatever you know from australia to canada you know skype was sure to chop it up and step on it you know like uh like the high quality cocaine that our show is to make I, an inferior product on the other end i i, I am i was going to say yeah like that you need to take into account that we are two continents apart so mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah multiple different time zones and everything it's a yeah. hell of a thing but yeah we finally made that work and uh, couldn't have picked a better time for it either as uh what is it the the owner of twitter who shall remain uh nameless there uh, elmo schmuck now saying that oh yeah we might make you just pay for twitter entirely I'm like, oh so you are planning to just kill it huh so you just want to kill it dead <laughs> yeah he's doing er he's doing everything to 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 try and uh like kill that that brand <laughs> absolutely uh, again, you know, I still can't believe there are so many people who are willing to pay for a fucking blue check mark. I truly do not believe anyone is dumb enough to actually pay for an app that used to be free. I mean, I say that, but people do tend to surprise me with how dumb they can be. I know, right? I know. Yes, but seriously, if you end up paying for Twitter that used to be free, I, I will make fun of you behind your back forever is all I'm saying. <laughs> And, and, I, and that's not me and Matt being Blue Sky elitist because we finally made it recently. Trust me, hey, Blue Sky gets only a fraction of what we got on Twitter as far as engagement goes, and I'll still <laughs> happily take that over paying. <laughs> I will, yeah. It's a, it's a lot nicer of a uh, of a system over there. A, I don't see too. Many, I don't see. Oh, I haven't actually seen any like real dickheads on that platform. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen any Nazis yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, that being said, I also don't see any traditional media either. I don't see, like, PBS. I don't see, like, uh, what is it, NPR or any of the regular things that I follow, which is slightly concerning, but at the same time, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> this is going to make me feel bad when I know about what's happening in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, Ethan, no chuds, agreed. Yeah. There are a few, uh, few chuds. <laughs> There's a whole big chud deterrent. <laughs> Uh, if I if I sound a little tired, everyone, it's because I am. I actually did something I haven't done basically all summer. I uh, I went out and I did things today. It sound yeah, you left the house. Yes, I left the house. I touched grass. Was pretty good. <laughs> You know, no, no, not an always thing, but definitely a sometimes thing. Uh, my my local small podunk town had their big agricultural fair, so I ate a big fried onion and then got some funnel cake and uh, rode the bumper cars. That was pretty good. Nice, nice. 
I, I also bought some clearly airbrushed, clearly counterfeit band shirts. Again, if anyone knows this <laughs> Dead Kennedys design, it usually goes to a gray shirt, not a black one. So I'm like, well, this is fake, but I'm definitely going to buy it because it'll, you know, it doesn't cost near as much as buying real band merchandise. And I can't think of anything more punk rock than buying a counterfeit shirt. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, that's the, the most punk rock you can get with that. No, and, and the only the only way it'd be even more punk rock is if you buy it outside of the venue you're going into to see the band that's out of right. some guy's trunk yes that's the best way to do it that's you know the real spirit of music <laughs> is what that is that's what we just don't have anymore oh and i got a bunch of fudge because it was the last day of the fair so they had buy one uh, get one free oh nice so i basically had no real food today i've had fried onions and fudge is what <laughs> i've had well i mean according to like america and everything that's like that's the, yeah. the food pyramid that's like two two yeah. uh, two of the things of the food pyramid isn't it yeah the, the last administration was sure to completely redo the food pyramid it's more of a circle now diet cokes and big macs yeah yeah and and the top is like like adderall or like whatever your choice of opioid yeah <laughs> Yeah, your and your favorite choice of opioid, your, your favorite feel-good pill right here. Be sure to crush it up and snort it to make yeah. it work quicker. Yeah, yeah. That's what you do. Only pussies take their pills. <laughs> hey, they say Flintstones chewable vitamins, but in reality, all pills are chewable if you're brave enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. But yeah, I did that. The weirdest thing is that, you know, because it's a small town fair, the entertainment always kind of sucks. Like they got an equestrian show because we're like a farming community. So obviously they got lots of good horses and animals and shit. They had a clown and the clown's name was Doodoo the Clown. And I'm like, oh, what a fucking loser this guy must be. Right. God playing my small town fair. I was Googling him on my phone. Apparently, he's actually the most famous and successful clown in, like, all of Canada. He's been doing it for 30 years. Oh, I thought that was going to go a completely other way. <laughs> no, he, oh, yeah, like, he's, like, a registered sex offender yeah, or he's, something. He's like he's a, he's like, he, yeah, he's a mass murderer or something. No one's ever caught him or something. <laughs> uh, no, actually, quite the opposite. In fact, in 2015, he apparently saved two women who were getting assaulted on the street in Toronto. <laughs> Yeah, but then he abducted them, so yeah. <laughs> well, well, here's the funny thing. The story is hilarious, and to Doodoo's credit, the man knows what's up, and he clearly has a sense of humor about himself, as he should, being a professional clown. So apparently these two ladies were getting assaulted by, like, a classic Toronto crackhead, and he pulled over his Hummer, which already that's hilarious <laughs> that the clown owns a Hummer. Clearly he must be successful and invested oh, in his money he, I well. bet he has, like, thousands upon thousands of clowns in that Hummer. Is this so much bigger than a little clown car? You have like thousands. No, you see, it's the opposite. It's Be like a wave of like World War Z zombies just coming out, just thousands of clowns. He did have two clowns. He had two extra clowns in the back. They were apparently on their way to the gig. And he pulls over to help these two women. He's like, quick, get in, you know, get in, you know, uh, you'll be safe here in the Hummer. And I can only imagine those two women had a real, you know, crisis of conscience right there thinking to themselves, what's worse, getting assaulted on the street by this crackhead having an episode or going into the strange clown Hummer? Where do we go? What do we do? What is the right decision here? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine that and you know that's a story those two women told for the rest of their lives hey remember oh, yeah. the time the oh, clown yeah. saved us from the crackhead <laughs> yeah 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 no and no one believes them 
No, exactly. That's a story no one would ever believe you. It gets even better. So he's even more of a famous clown than I thought. Uh, remember Billy Madison, the famous uh, Adam Sandler movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th that one? Yep. So he's the clown in that. He's the clown who falls off the stilts and you think he's dead. And he's young in that. He's got to be like in his 20s in that. Oh, jeez. That's the clown. That's how long he's been around for. And I'm like, wow, I'm sorry to besmirch your name due to the clown. I didn't know you were such a clowning professional with such a sterling reputation and body of work yeah. to your name. Yeah, wow. Yeah, crazy, right? And, and like, a dude like that probably works all year long, going to every fair, every, you know, like, flea market, every outdoor event. He's done, like, the goddamn Calgary Stampede, and he still showed up to my little podunk town. And I'm wow. like, well, I guess this is probably your busy season as a clown. You travel all summer, and then you take the winter off, because, you know, clowns have to hibernate, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, they all get into their, like, their, their, their magic boxes and just disappear for yeah. the winter. Exactly. Have you ever seen a clown in winter? Didn't think so. <laughs> exactly. They need to rest. It's like a reverse vampire situation. I must only come out in the summer. <laughs> you know, I must only awake for Ragnarok. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my adventure today. I actually went out and did things nice, and, nice. and kind of walked past a semi-famous clown, if you can believe it. <laughs> what, uh, what about you, Matt? How you been? How have you been keeping up? Yeah, no, not too bad. I I haven't done 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 really much anything as exciting as that. But uh, yeah, I'm no. just I I I've been pl playing video games. I I just just earlier this morning decided to check out that new patch that got released for Cyberpunk. Yes, I've been playing that too, actually. Yeah, it, it it's much better, isn't it? It's night and day different. They have completely revamped crafting. I think you have to actually unlock crafting mm -hmm. now, which I didn't because I totally specced into Reflex because I was doing a gunslinger thing, which Reflex gives you awesome air dash moves now and the ability mm -hmm. to cool, do cool sword shit. But apparently all my handgun and revolver stuff is all tied to <laughs> cool points now. So I, I, I am, I'm kind of at a loss, so I'm kind of having to like redesign my character on the fly. But yes really fun really different yeah i i started a new game completely just because it's been such a long time since i played that game last so i'm just jumping in brand new and yeah it's it just so much better the cars are like good to drive now before i would yes. i would i would just fast travel everywhere or if Same. worst comes to worst just run but like now Same. now i'm like i'm gonna get in a car because cars are fun to drive they feel so much better Yep, they've added a bunch of new ones. They've added car combat. You can actually mm -hmm. find one of the yep. car combat cars in the main game off the beaten path if you know where to look. Yep. For me, it was nice, too, to go back because I've been replaying it for the last couple of months just so I could see quests that I could never finish before because they <laughs> were bugged. Yeah, bugged, yeah. <laughs> So, like, I just finished Sinner Man tonight, which is probably oh, one of the more yeah. interesting roleplay missions in that game, and I never got to play it before because it bugged out so hard. Oh, no. Which, again, like, Sinner Man is not a particularly, like, you know, hard-hitting mission. There's no combat. You're basically just allowed to do a lot of roleplaying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which, in a roleplaying game, is good. Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, the, the big Idris Elba friggin dlc comes out in a couple days doesn't it? it comes out at the end of the month comes out the end of this coming week yeah i'm, I'm excited for right. it i, I pre-ordered it not too long ago so I'm, I'm i'm ready and waiting 
Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out, too, and uh, see it through. I know all, all the early reviews I've heard of the DLC, and they're like, oh, yeah, th it's amazing. This is the game as it always should have been. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, you know, you get Keanu and you get Idris at yeah, the same time. Exactly. That's just a lot of charming dude in one game. I'm surprised the gaming console can handle that much charm in one thing without overloading you know the <laughs> technology they, they didn't have it before when the game was new but now they've built brand new software to fully encapsulate all the charming in one place <laughs> but yeah i can't wait for that i'm surprised too because everyone i've heard who's uh, played it so far says there's actually a new ending and that the new ending in this one is the best ending in the game oh really yes oh nice. And i got the nomad ending when i played originally and i thought that was a pretty good ending what, which, which ending did I... I might have gotten that one. I can't really remember my ending. I know I know it did end with, like, me still alive. I know that. Right. It's a, It's the one where V and Pan Am leave the city, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I got, yeah. Yeah, which is basically, like... It, it, the whole point of Cyberpunk is that none of them are particularly happy endings, but this is, like, the best of the bad situation endings. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there's like some other crazy ones where you can like go to space and you can try and save your own mind. Yep. Uh, there's ones that you like choose to go out in a blaze of glory. There's some even where like uh, Johnny Silverhand completely takes over your body. Yep. <laughs> Endings yeah. that I never saw because I'm just like, ah, that doesn't make a lot of sense for my character. I, I'm I'm in. I kind of want to go like full Johnny in in this run because I didn't in my last run. I'm like, I want to see what happens. I'm intrigued. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, should we talk about the news for this week, Matt? There actually is a fair smattering of, like, actually some big stories that came out this week. Yeah, let, let's do that. Oh, I should also just point out, just as we're doing this, like, I th I, I'm i not too sure I'm not, like, fully updated on it, but I think we're, we're at least a couple of hours maybe away from, like, the SAG-AFRA stuff coming to an end. Oh, yes. Or, yes, or at least pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, the, the rumor is is that that might actually be ending soon enough. But, of course, you always got to worry in situations like this where it's like, ooh, is that actually, you know, uh, believable stuff that they're putting out there or is that, like, counter-information mm. from the actual studios themselves trying to make it seem like they're reaching a deal so that uh, the writers and uh, friggin' actors will feel forced to take a deal? That's that's true, that's true. And that, I, I know I, I, I posted that, like, apparently they got the deal at, like, 5 p.m. on a Saturday and, like, hmm, mm. hmm, I, 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 don't, I don't know if, if, if that's like how you do like an offer you know that's because they do that with like news as well it's like bad news yes, comes out and they're like oh put it out at like 5 p.m friday so like they yes, can't they so can't, no one can pay attention no one can pay to attention to it till monday and by then it'll probably be all blown over yeah the, the whole thing sounded a little disingenuous to me but i could be wrong obviously you know we're pulling for the writers and actors there to have all their grievances uh met and rectified hopefully to make a better healthier industry and hopefully you know better art in general because happier people make better art absolutely yeah when they're not worried about keeping a roof over their head and shit but yeah. uh Heading on over to some news for this week, uh, Gen V, the big boy spinoff, is also coming out next month. October is going to be jam-packed, isn't it, with new shows and shit? It is, yes. 
So that's coming out in the big news they dropped this week is that Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy will be making some manner of cameo. Uh, my question is, how do you think they're going to have him cameo? If I had to guess, it's going to be like an old school like health film or something with Soldier Boy in it. Yeah, it'll be like that Captain America in Spider-Man 100%. sort of thing. Yeah, like, a, yeah, don't do drugs. Or AIDS kills people, so don't be gay or, you know, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. It's, it, yeah. yeah, it's going to be the totally like, you know, racist, homophobic mm. version of that captain america he's gonna turn around in the yeah. chair he's gonna be smoking all right kids we're gonna talk about health today <sighs> yeah exactly yeah oh fuck do i gotta get out of here <laughs> <laughs> you know hey if you're having trouble ask an asian kid they're smart probably again it's just gonna be jensen ackles being soldier boy who is horrible and you feel bad for laughing as much as you do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. god he was good at playing that character wasn't he he really was wasn't he yeah, he was acting his ass off. Like, I've always known Jensen Ackles was good, but I think the world got to know how good he was in that by getting to play just such an unrepentant piece of shit. Yeah, he's, he's great. I, I I really hope that this also get allows him, especially now that he's not doing Supernatural for, like, mm. like 50 years now. Um, uh, I hope that this also allows him to take more, like, interesting roles like this. Definitely. Yeah, it felt like he was typecast as the supernatural guy forever. Yeah, yeah. It was it was nice to see him kind of go out of his comfort zone, though, and uh, it's it's always fun to see. The Boys does that in general, letting a lot of actors play against type. Mm -hmm. Or th or with Anthony Starr, in some cases, maybe play very much to type. It's hard <laughs> to, to tell. To, to his character, yeah. Yeah, where it's like, man, he, I truly believe that he's, you know, an absolute sociopath. Then you hear of him, like, getting in fights at restaurants and everything. It's like, okay, maybe he's not acting that hard. <laughs> where it's like, well, man, you really went to a dark place there. No, I didn't. Yeah, so, no, I didn't. No, this, is, this is Tuesday for me. Yeah, it's just Tuesday for me. I'm just being me. <laughs> uh, also, too, on the front of superhero shows that are coming back, uh, we finally got word, and you and I have been talking about this forever. When the hell are they going to end Doom Patrol? They had the second half of the last season that's going to be the final season overall, and it seemed like we got no word on it forever. But we finally did. It's also coming back in October, and it's also finally getting a chance to finish up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought they had com honestly completely just written this off. Like be like, yeah, yeah maybe, too. maybe if we just don't talk about it for a while, no one will notice. Yeah, I also thought that they were just never going to release those episodes. Because would you really put that past Warner Brothers and HBO Max slash Max slash whatever the hell it is right now? Exactly, exactly. Because Doom Patrol was just so good for so long and so special. It's a miracle it got four seasons that it did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if they're like, no, 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 we've been too kind to you. We got to, like, pull the friggin' rug out from you at the last second. Also, it's been so long, too. Do you even remember what happened at the end of last season? I know they were fighting General Immortus, and they found out that all their enemies and all their friends were actually working for Immortus. And I think I think they got all turned into babies at the end. They all, like, yeah. Benjamin buttoned backwards. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, the, the last thing I can actually remember about that show is that weird villain with the candle head. Oh, yeah, that was season three. Yeah, that was, that's uh, literally yeah, that like was the last Grant thing Morse. I can remember. <laughs> yes, that was the end of season three that got fucked up because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And they had to like really rush to finish that at the beginning of season four. Yeah, yeah. Which is a real shame because they were building up to something really special with that fight. And then they had to be like, eh. <laughs> 
did we did did we say that guy was important? Because actually, it was uh, what what is it? It, it? it was Jane's, you know, evil father personality. That was the real bad guy we all had to defeat. Yep, that's what was up. Our bad. But no, Doom Patrol is great. I think it will stand the test of time as one of the best superhero shows. I think it's up there with the greats. And again, marks another weird time in DC and Warner Brothers relationships where it's like, wow, you guys really couldn't buy a hit when it comes to movies, but you make like Peacemaker and Doom Patrol that kicks so much ass. I Yeah, it's it's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, you're great in animation. You're great on television. You struggle with movies, but maybe not for much longer. Because, you know, we got that James Gunn stuff coming out soon. Apparently, Gunn had an interview this week where he said, you know, he was really inspired for Superman Legacy by uh, a Superman for all seasons, which, hey, if you're going to base your new thing on anything, it's a pretty good thing to base it on. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, hey, more power to that project. I'm super, super stoked on that Did you also see that they seemed that, like, it's a good sign of confidence when apparently the DC Studios are setting up, like, their big headquarters in, uh the uk and their leverston studios there and they're like actually they they're actually doing sort of like what marvel studios do they're actually having like studios built for them mm. so where i yes, imagine I did hear that. where i imagine like like st- sets that will be featured in a bunch of different films will be constructed and like left there yeah which that's, is really that's cool. pretty dope which it, it that didn't is have cool. that before so they have some it looks like they have some sort of structure going on is yeah yeah and a plan and a roadmap, yeah. which is something they never had before. They were just playing it by ear, and every movie kind of became a response to the last movie with no real vision. Yeah, well, well David Goyer this week had an interview where he said, oh, yeah, like, we, we were planning on doing, like, a sequel to Man of Steel, but then, like, the execs came and said, no, we've got to catch up with Marvel, do all this shit in your second film, and then just, like, completely railroaded everything. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. That sure sounds like what was going on. Hell, you even hear David Goyer saying stuff where it's like, well, you know, originally Enchantress was supposed to be controlled by Apocalypse and everything, and it was supposed to lead into that, and then yeah. that never got to happen. So yeah. I had to change that script, which is why none of that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'm saying Enchantress controlled by Darkseid and Apocalypse sounds good, because it doesn't. No, it just it sounds fucking ham-fisted. <laughs> And, and sounds nothing like the Suicide Squad, but no. sure, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Re- release the air cut or whatever, I guess, <laughs> maybe. It's it, 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 Like, I feel so bad for David Ayer, because, like, as he fully admits in interviews, like, I was on top of the world when I got Suicide Squad. I had just come off Fury. I was really making a big name for myself in this town, and this movie kind of ruined me. And then, you know, they cut it to pieces anyway. And I'm like, yeah, and you never quite recovered, did you, David Ayer? I, I don't feel bad for him, because he says that, and then he goes and makes movies like The Tax Collector. And, yeah. and just, like, like, really, really fucking bad films. You're like, oh, you actually do need, like like either a different writer or like a good director like anton farquhar to like like shepherd your work you know what that's the tax collector is a movie made by a guy who's lost his faith in his self is what it really <laughs> feels like like a guy who's still really hurt and like still hasn't quite recovered yet and i hope he does because like david ayer's early work is great fucking ass it's yeah, so good he, he needs he needs to do another hard-bitten crime movie about how shitty L.A. is, is what he really needs to do. Well, I think that's what he tried to do with The Tax Collector. Like, it was just so bad. Yeah, yeah, just a real real shame. Because, you know, he's he's a guy I want to root for because I think he has, like, a really interesting perspective. And when he's on fire, he makes, like, really good movies. Mm, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he needs to reteam with Fuqua for a second is what he needs to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get the band back together for that. But, uh, yeah, we got that going on. Hey, another show that's coming back, and I'm only doing this because I'm a massive booster for the show. Uh, remember how much I talked about Pantheon, Matt, and how great that <laughs> show was and how it sucked? That uh, freaking AMC killed the second season, which was apparently already done to take a tax write-off? Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, guess what? Uh, Amazon is swooping on in and is saving the second season. And in October, I think on the 15th, I think on the same day the Doom Patrol comes back, they're releasing all of season one and season two. Oh, nice. That's fucking amazing. Seriously, the show is awesome. It's got freaking Paul Dano in it. It's got Daniel Day Kim in it. It's so friggin' good. Really timely show about, you know, the the evils that could be wrought by AI and, you know, the nature of the human soul and everything. It's all very Mike Smith, very Paul, uh, Mike Pond Smith, very cyberpunk. If you missed it on AMC, and I can't blame you because who the fuck has the AMC streaming service? <laughs> I can't blame you at all, but now that it's actually going to be on a good streaming service, you all have no excuse to not watch it. Yeah, I, I remember I watched like the first couple of episodes when it first came out, and I thought it was pretty good. So it'll be a good chance to actually like get back into it. Yes, you can sit down and watch the whole thing now. Amazing soundtrack, amazing voice cast. It's stunning that it even got made, period. And now that they've saved the second season, that's just beyond good. It's it's great stuff. It's one of my favorite animated shows I've seen in a very long time. I'm so happy it can live again and hopefully live beyond this. Also, goddamn Amazon, man. You're this evil corporation who's so easy to hate, and yet at the same time you rescue this show and you rescue Batman. Stop making me like you. <laughs> Also, I think it's so funny, too. You know why I'm pretty sure they were cool with picking up this show, Amazon? Because when the show is talking about the evils of the internet age and AI theory, it doesn't take aim at Amazon. It takes aim at Google. <laughs> Logarithms is totally Google, and I'm sure Amazon's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Fuck our competition. <laughs> They're the bad guys, right? Not us? Cool. <laughs> Seriously, the, the main villain in that is totally, like, evil Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Like, 100%, the only thing he's missing is his turtleneck, but he's got the lavish TED Talks, he's got the whole thing. Maybe he'll get that in the third season. Yeah, I mean, like, if you told me that friggin' uh, <laughs> Steve Jobs had planned to cheat death by uploading his brain, I'd be like, well, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, that's totally, like, something one of those, like, Silicon Valley execs has, has, has thought Would about, at least. Look, I promise my brain implants only killed the oldest, sickest monkeys we could find. <laughs> they were terminal to begin with. It's fine. Yeah, there, <laughs> we can't prove wrong... that, that, that the device didn't kill them before their cancer did. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with my killer brain implants. Those monkeys were going to die anyway. <laughs> Seriously, when I hear shit like that, all I can think is like, man, they really got to make a new Planet of the Apes movie, don't they? It's coming. It, there's one, I think it's already been shot. Is it a movie or a series? Because I know Disney Plus talked about that they might be doing a series. Is it a series or a movie? They're doing both. They're, there is a new movie coming oh, out. Uh, it's not War for the Planet of the Apes. That was the last one that's... Yes, it it's, was. Oh, it's something... Yeah, they announced it like ages ago. And I think around the time they announced that TV show. I'm yes, pretty sure right, like which... it's already been shot. Which, the TV show is going to be a continuation of the Caesar stuff, because at the end of that mm. movie, they basically founded Ape Society, and I'm assuming the show is going to pick up after that. I assume so, yeah. 
Yeah. Goddamn, those three Apes movies were really fucking good, weren't they? They were. They, like, I remember when I saw the fir- that, that first one with James Franco in it. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is, like, so much better than, like, it had any right to be. Because it was made, like, mid, mid-2010s. You think, ah, it's cash grab. Ah, uh, whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's really yeah. fucking good. Yeah, also, like, a remake and reimagining that was worth it. Where it's like, mm-hmm. man, they should do this more often for these big series where they like take the themes and ideas and some of the character names, but like go in a brand new direction with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they tried that before and, and with that Mark uh, Wahlberg film and uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> also, Hey, uh, Marvel is doing a planet of the apes comic. Did you see that? It's going to be like a prequel mm. series. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Prequel of the planet of the apes. Yeah. I think that's going under their uh, 20th century studios banner imprint, for comics because yeah. that, that predator comic that came out this week uh had that uh imprint on it as well yes that's right which i meant to read that you read that i did and you'll have to tell me all about it. though i did flip through and it looked freaking awesome yeah it's definitely one of those things that benjamin percy is like born to write mm-hmm. uh what else we got going on this week oh i guess the biggest piece of news this week and something that had jaws wagging all over the place uh, obviously uh hickman is hard at work in his invasion of the ultimate universe storyline right now we knew that was going to spin off into a series of new books i think it was implied to be a captain america a thor and an iron man well this week uh in the lead up to new york comic-con which happens next month they announced that oh it's not just ending there you're also getting a brand new ultimate spider-man comic with writing from hickman and art from chichetto yeah we had to know this was coming i i i assumed we would be getting a spider an ultimate spider-man a new ultimate spider-man i didn't expect it to be being written by hickman likewise that's pretty goddamn massive and also begs the question and they kind of answered on the cover where it's like okay you're doing a new ultimate spider-man how are you going to differentiate this from the last couple Ultimate Spider-Man, especially because Miles, the last Ultimate Spider-Man, is in the main universe now? Are you going to do a new Miles? Are you going to do a new Peter? And they haven't fully answered that yet. We've seen one page with Chichetto's art, and that's definitely a traditional Spider-Man costume. Mm-hmm. But they have yet to tell us who is in the suit. I, we'll have to see how this Ultimate Invasion series ends with the next issue, but uh, will. if if he's if the make if it's still set if this universe is still the 6160 universe they yeah. don't have a spider-man because he didn't make a prevented peter parker from being bitten but he kept the spider yes he did eh? everything is the same but different which is very ultimate when you stop and think mm-hmm. about it because hell we have an iron man in this new ultimate universe but mm-hmm. it's howard not tony yep so there's nothing that says that this Spider-Man can't be someone different. And honestly, I think it would be interesting if new Ultimate Spider-Man was someone different. Yeah, or they don't actually reveal who it is. They, he, we always Ooh. just see him in the mask. We we don't get the other side of his life. That would be kind of wild, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, Hickman's writing it, so you know there's going to be some big fucking ideas in there, mm. which is compelling in and of itself, because usually when you think of Spider-Man, you think friendly neighborhood adventures, even though he hasn't had those for a very long time. Most of his stories are huge and bombastic, and he goes to space and goes back in time and yes. fights Doctor Doom and shit. So really, it could go anywhere. But then you got Chichetto, who's obviously coming off hot from uh, that last Daredevil run, and oh, oh, his Spider-Man looks good, doesn't it? It looks really good. <laughs> It looks really good. So, I mean, this book was probably already going to be a must-buy, 
but if it wasn't already it's a must buy now yeah I, i'm just excited as well just to, to just know already preemptively that this spider-man book is going to be amazing yeah like and like and and, and 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 not just be like oh no another new spider-man book what are they going to do to him in this one yeah it, it's nice to be excited to read a spider-man book isn't it it yeah, doesn't yeah. happen all that much anymore no God, it's going to be so fucked up if we have an Ultimate Spider-Man book that's good, a Miles book that's good, a Superior Spider-Man book <laughs> that's good, and only the main Peter book yeah. is the one that's not hitting. Yeah, the mainline Amazing Spider-Man one is just terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, like at, it's like at that point, if you're editorial, you just got to eat some crow and be like, look, can you not see what the problem is? I mean, they won't because as bad as the reviews are for Amazing Spider-Man, it always sells good is the thing. Yeah. It, who's the editor over there? It's... Uh nick lowe nick, yes nick, that's the yeah, person yeah. who they're always blaming for everything yeah he don't give a fuck no no he don't he, he <laughs> nick lowe don't care nick lowe don't give a fuck nick lowe's a honey badger <laughs> i believe that's written on his family crest actually it's a honey badger the low family <laughs> it, it also lends itself to way too many low-hanging fruit jokes right where it's like oh nick lowe to a new low <laughs> So it's too obvious, you know. We're we're not about low hanging fruit on this show, Matt. As you know, we're only we're only highbrow in our jokes and comments. You know, we we aim high here. <laughs> now, obviously, that's what's happening in the world of Ultimate Comics, and that's super exciting. But hey, we got more stuff coming from X Men, which has been probably as exciting as it's been like ever, right, Matt? Oh my God! It's I, I again. I I I don't particularly like that there is just so many books happening all at once. But yep. my God, agreed. Aren't they all just fucking great? <laughs> which makes it right, even like more it's... frustrating because like it's like come on, come on, just have one stinker so I don't have to read it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Everyone is interesting. Everyone has a great creative team. Everyone is adding a different part to the big tapestry that is X Men. I agree. Yeah. I wish we had another Fallen Angels or something yeah, that I just oh, straight yeah. up didn't have to read. Yeah. Oh, Fallen Angels. I remember I... that one. <laughs> I didn't even get to all the X-Men I wanted to this week. I got oh. Uncanny Avengers. I got the new Nightcrawler book, Uncanny Spider-Man. Didn't yeah. get to read that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm so behind on, like, all the X-Men stuff. I'm like, okay. I, every time I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and, like, read, like, a bunch of them. And then I, like, see the pile I've got of them. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, it, it never stops. And, like, maybe that'll be a problem. And maybe it's a good thing that it's all kind of starting to slow down and coming to what they're calling the end of the Krakoa era. Because maybe that means we'll actually be able to go back and finish some of it. Oh, uh, Dark X Men was this week, too. There's another one. Oh, God. Jesus. Yeah, Astonishing Iceman as well. Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I hear is good. I hear, yeah. uh, what is it? Uh, Orlando's killing that one. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, yeah, so the big news this week is that they announced the resurrection of magneto courtesy of al ewing which will be coming uh in the next year or so which obviously makes sense because it's like yeah did you really think they were going to keep one of the most famous most popular uh most marketable x-men dead forever <laughs> of course I, not i kind of wish they had but yeah yeah i mean they were never going to they're no, definitely going no. to be bringing them back uh but yeah I, so he, i'd love for him to come i'd love for him to be resurrected and be like oh no he got kamala khan's powers Oh, that would be fucking <laughs> hilarious. He's stretchy now. Yeah, he doesn't have magnetism anymore. He's just, like, really stretchy. 
Well, you know, Matt, I, I totally think you're on to something there, because I figure if they're going to be resurrecting him now without the Krakoan resurrection protocols, they gotta find a new angle to it, they gotta find a new thing, and with the new X-Men movie being forthcoming, maybe a little slower now because of the writer-actor strike that probably uh, stuffed up the work they were doing on it, I think when we see Magneto come back, he's gonna look different, he's gonna act different, this is going to be them, you know, priming the pump and planting the seeds for whatever the movie version is going to be. He's gonna be younger. He's gonna be younger. He might look like Giancarlo Esposito. I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like there's gonna be something attached to this. I feel like they were very strategic in killing him when they did, keeping him dead just long enough so they could work out whatever the new thing is gonna be, and also what part he's gonna play in the new era of X-Men that will probably be closer to whatever the hell they're gonna yeah. end up doing in the movies. Yeah, I, I guarantee you it was to sort of like how they do with characters uh, like every now and then where they like update them to like they, they like shift their histories forward a little bit so do you Absolutely. think they'll do that with magneto where he's maybe no longer a holocaust survivor or like kind of like because i mean that is like that is quite far away again they they play it off with like mutant genes keeping him like younger and everything but like, crystals time yeah, travel they always yeah. have a bullshit explanation i mean i've heard some people say where it's like okay maybe he's not a survivor of the jewish holocaust anymore maybe he's a survivor of some other sort of genocide maybe we try mm. and update the whole genocide narrative to i don't know maybe he survived like the Khmer rouge now or something yeah he was part of like uh what happened in bosnia or something yeah yeah, yeah. czechoslovakia yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah, he's, he's a Jewish guy from Bosnia and Czechoslovakia now. Yeah, there's definitely a way. I mean, shit, we, we knew people from there. That would be a thing. He's from the same part of the world that Nico Bellic is from. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a way to update it and where you still definitely keep the narrative there. You definitely make it so, you know, he's still the same character just from a different part of the world. And I mean, it's mm -hmm. definitely happened with other characters, you know, like Iron Man and the Punisher and everything. Obviously, you know, it was less sensitive topics there when you changed their war and changed their time frames. Definitely, definitely. But, you know, if they don't know, they'll, they'll they'll have to try. And maybe that's the whole point, too, using comics as, like, a test kitchen to be like, okay, if people don't freak out too much about this, maybe we'll try it for one of the movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Captain Kuhn helping us out. Could it be a metaphorical resurrection, uh, resurrection and have Polaris take up the mantle of Magneto? Oh, that would actually be really mm. cool. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that, but I like that idea a lot, Captain Kuhn, because, yeah... Polaris is such a fun character and everyone likes her and she was really good on that TV show, but they never really have anything for her to do. She always feels no. like an also Rand. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they've tried to make stuff with her. Although in being said that they the only reason she was on that X-Men team is because fucking bots thought like the voting for that was something for the TV show. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Which is why she got put on that team and got such a big push there for a little bit, but it never went anywhere. Like she got a push but got no push at all because it almost yeah. feels like they were resentful like they knew that the vote was rigged and it gets mm -hmm. even crazier too because she has for the last couple of years been the only biological child of Magneto and they barely did anything with that no no they don't they, they do more with like Wanda who's like her, her, his uh like surrogate daughter quote unquote yes yes which again i love they had so many opportunities to walk that back for her and quicksilver and they never did never did never did 
Which makes me think they never will now. Until it's like many years later, until like, you know, someone our age starts writing for the company and goes, no, no, I'm putting this back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm putting this back. This bothers me. <laughs> but yeah, Magneto's coming back. Al Ewing's going to be writing it, so it's probably going to be pretty cool. The guy's obviously done some pretty stellar resurrections in the last little bit. Mm, he has. So, you know, hand it to him and Lord only knows what will happen. Uh, what we do know now is we have the official end titles for the Krakoan era. Apparently the stories that are going to be wrapping it up in a nice bit of symmetry, it's not going to be one story, it's going to be two that are probably going to be alternating like House of X and Powers of X did because the final two books are going to be Fall of the House of X, written by Jerry Duggan, and Rise of the Powers of X, written by Kieran Gillen, who I think are probably the two most important names in X-Men right now. They're, they're the two architects behind everything. Yeah, yeah they're the ones Hickman left, uh, left the keys to, basically. Yeah, which I truly wonder if he did, or if they were the two who just kind of, uh, what is it, who just through their actions ended up rising to the top, where it's like, well, you guys got the most ideas. Yeah. So sure, why not? Yeah, mate. I have to th think like maybe there was some sort of like trial process where it's like, okay, right. where's your stories going? Like, okay, yeah, that's a cool idea. Or like you, you're like in line with what I had in mind, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you can see the turnover from like Orchis is the biggest threat, and you know Omega Sentinel is the biggest threat to like, well, actually, uh, the Sinister Clones and Mother Righteous and everything are the real biggest threat, and and the whole Dominion Godhood thing that they're all chasing, mm -hmm. and that's all very much like like Hickman story stuff. Yes, it's stuff he definitely referenced and stuff he mm -hmm. definitely name dropped, but it's stuff that Gillen and Duggan, you know, ran with, and like, okay, this is what it's all about now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's very cool that they're that they started it with two books and they're ending it with two books. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what's going to happen after this. Like, are we yeah, are we I back know, to right? like classic X Men? Like, what the fuck happens now? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's what we've been theorizing forever. Is like you know, so when this is done, I guess they'll just be back at the mansion though, and you know, everything will start over again because the status quo is always returned to. But I know some people who are like, man, I hope they don't do that because that would be really disappointing after mm -hmm. all of this for them to just go back to the mansion and business as usual. Because if they do, I'll probably be bored and stop reading again. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that is the problem. I I also feel like this whole full of X thing is like their way of like, OK, we're clearing the board of like all these different mutants that like have popped up during the Krakoa era so that right. when we go back to like business as usual it's like like the core mutants quote unquote yeah it's none, yeah. none, none of your like a lot like offshoot mutants that we haven't really been with all this time but like haven't really done much with like bay of the blood moon and like like doug and, oh, and yeah. that sort of stuff who's just kind of winding down and everything someone on the discord pointed that out to me where it's like man doug was so important now he he's was. trapped uh yeah, now he's trapped at the center of Krakoa and no one bothered to go back for yeah. him. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, there, there was like a moment there where they were like setting him like, oh, he's like the most important character ever because he's mm -hmm. like in charge of Krakoa more or less. And and yeah, yeah, the, yeah they just like trapped him in the, in, in the center of Krakoa. I mean, Doug was the one who defeated Moira is the mm -hmm. thing. He's the one who saved mutant kind already from her machinations. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he was going to keep that up. But yeah, now he's trapped at the bottom of Krakoa. And like Captain Krakoa, the evil doppelganger there, he was to the bottom of Krakoa at the prison level where they all were and Doug wasn't there. Yeah, well, he was in like a different part. He was in the solitary wing. 
Yeah, he was he was on the crapper when uh, Krakoa <laughs> came to recruit all the people. He just came out of the bathroom. He's like, hey, where'd everybody go? <laughs> Can't walk away for a minute. <laughs> God damn it, Doug. You have the worst luck. But yeah, that was the news for this week, everyone. And I got to say some pretty big topics. And with uh, New York Comic Con coming next month, uh, early next month, we'll probably have more to talk about because, you know, mm -hmm. the news doesn't sleep for comics. And uh, because, uh, what is it, more of these uh, big media companies are having their own trade shows now. It actually seems like Comic-Cons are for comic news once again. Yep. And where Marvel and DC are actually coming to show off their big stuff. So I'm sure we'll have more to talk about in uh, the weeks and months to come. Mm -hmm. So yeah, be sure to keep an eye out for that, everyone. I'm sure it's going to be an exciting time. I'm sure DC will also have some big new titles to announce as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. So I guess with that, we can hop over into what we read this week, Matt. And this this was just a stupidly packed week, wasn't it? Oh my... I can't remember how many new number ones I had, plus the like, series I've been following. And yeah, oh my god. I, I had like 12 or 13 books, and I barely scratched the surface. I read five. I managed to read five for the show tonight nice, and nice. one i just read a couple minutes ago before we started because i knew you'd want to talk about superman cool cool do we want to start with superman because that's the one i read yeah yeah might as well. in my mind yeah if it's fresh in your mind yeah yeah so finally a return to normal books <laughs> about goddamn time right maybe maybe that's why they had so many backed up there because fucking uh i almost called it fear state but that's not yeah. it nightmare state yeah. Nightmare, whatever the fuck that one was called, I've already forgotten it. Yeah, and uh, well, as well as it just so happens that everyone else in the book has also forgotten about it. Yeah, moving on like nothing happened. How about that? Because nothing did happen. Um... <laughs> it really did. Night terrors. That was the one. God, I, I like. I'm not joking. I'm not doing a bit. I legitimately forgot it was called night terrors. <laughs> like my mind had already deleted that from like. Oh, you don't need that anymore. <laughs> Like, I, I'm not, I wish I was joking, I wish I was being funny, but I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, so, so we're back with Superman now, and he's still trying to track down some leads and dealing with the fact that Lex Luthor got fucking stabbed in prison and he never heard a thing. Yeah, he got, he got shanked, uh, the, the doc, uh, Dr. Farm and Graft wait till he couldn't hear, and like, like in Breaking Bad, they timed it perfectly mm -hmm. for when they were all heading sure out, to, did. and they like, stabbed him with the toothbrush, and yeah stabbed him up good and obviously superman is really depressed about this whole thing i i, I love uh what is it live wire is doing the <laughs> daily planet podcast, podcast now because yeah. she saved lois's life and she owed her a favor yeah yeah and she she's she's doing the whole influencer thing was like, oh secrets in gotham oh superman can't protect even the bad guys so how can he protect everyone else all that sort I, of I stuff i love that that's a carryover from the annual too yeah yeah it's great yeah, I, I hope we keep getting her commentary as a live wire the podcaster. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good as well because like it makes like the city feel like more like interesting and like actually give it some character and everything. It's you know we're 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 introducing Superman's rogues into like everyday life sort of stuff. It's not just yeah, with oh, new he'll, roles. He'll just appear in this one like set of books and then don't appear for the next you know six months or something. Yeah. Yeah, really, really builds the supporting cast there. Lois is struggling being the head of the paper now because she can't just do her job. She has to do, like, several other smaller jobs. Has to do everyone else's job and be everyone's, like, best friend and, like, therapist and doesn't want to do any of that. But also she can't admit when she can't do that, so she has to keep going. 
Superman also calls her Metropolis, which I think is hilarious. And yes, how did it take them that long to do that joke? <laughs> that took like, what, 80 years before they got that joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fun stuff. Uh, Superman's trying to hunt down this special project that Luthor was working on that Farm and Graft had mentioned. And it turns out that Luthor has, like, basically his own Phantom Zone. He's got a secret prison that he built with goddamn Death Trap and the Striker for whom Striker's Island is named. Yeah, yeah, and he, he built this as a prison that could hold, like, the worst of the worst. And it's, a, it's basically a solitary confinement cube that cuts every person who goes inside, like senses off and and uses their own powers or whatever against them and and keeps them trapped in an indefinite like darkness mm -hmm. which as superman is quick to say wow that's fucking nightmarish <laughs> yeah that's nightmarish so that's fucking yeah. horrible <laughs> and he's like yeah i know i'm one to talk as i send guys to the phantom zone but that's literally like my last resort mm -hmm. yeah i use it only for like like last resort stuff i don't want to be anyone's judge jury and executioner like lex seemingly does yeah, which is a really interesting bit of dichotomy there that Lex basically created his own Phantom Zone. So mm -hmm. Superman says, well, shit, looks like there's a guy down there. I better go fucking save him. Yeah, and I like Superman's reasoning for this because he's, he's like, oh, well, this was Lex when he was younger and probably a bit more like evil. So maybe this is like an innocent person. This is someone who crossed him and probably is innocent of what they did. So maybe they need to be rescued. Uh, though Mercy actually turns it around on him pretty good and gets probably the line of the issue where it's like, hey man, we both know how Lex deals with his problems. If he could have killed whoever this person was, he probably would have. The fact that he locked him up down here must mean that he's pretty fucking serious. Yeah, yeah, very, very much like Doomsday. Couldn't kill him, so yeah. they just locked him away. <laughs> Yeah, they, he's codenamed The Chain, and The Chain is, like, pretty cool with Superman when he saves him until he mentions that he's working with Lex, and then he freaks the yeah. fuck out and implies that Lex actually gave him his powers. Le Lex actually gave him his powers, and I, I also think that this is all being manipulated by Lex because Lex just happens to say... S like, call out to Superman mm. when he's in, in, the, in the chained uh, uh, prison cell. So he yeah, he knows Lex moment. he knows Superman would respond to him saying that. So it's like is this Lex setting something up, setting up Superman to fight this villain and maybe like take him out of the picture so he can come back, maybe? Quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, the implication is at least, you know, the what I was theorizing is like, oh, did a younger, more altruistic Lex try and create his own Superman? Did he mm. try and experiment with powers and he ended up, like, having his own Frankenstein moment? Yeah, he wanted to give himself powers to fight, probably, uh, Farm and, and Graft and ended up yeah. with this guy who was probably a bit, went a bit crazy or something and he had to lock him mm. away because he couldn't kill him. Yeah, he also has red hair too, which makes me wonder, is there a particular connection to Lex? That's what I thought. I thought, hmm, is this like someone related to Lex? Is this like... Is this a, a Lex clone? A, a clone, yeah, a brother that we don't know about? Yeah, oh yeah, I also had a secret brother you didn't know about. Hey, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be beyond, you know, reason, you know, you never know. No, yeah, I mean, Lex's dad seemed like the sort of guy who would fuck around and have secret families. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like something that Lex would totally find out at some point. Like, oh shit, I actually had a secret half-brother I didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, guess I better experiment on him and shoot him up with super juice and see what happens. Yeah, and he, he has powers that are, uh, I guess, like, telekinetic, psychic powers. Yeah, he, 
yeah, he can shape the Earth. He can move Superman's heat vision. He also locks Superman up in his own cell, and Mercy seeks to imply where it's like, yeah, only Lex can get you out of this now, in case you're wondering. <laughs> yes, because the cell uses one's own powers against them, so when Superman gets locked in the chains, he he can't move because it's like got his super strength, basically. Yeah, it's so, keeping him in place. So, so you're kind of fucked, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and the chain is, is unleashed on, on Metropolis. And he's like, I'm going uh, to kill this whole city because Lex loved this city, at least when I knew him. And yeah. that would be the best way to hurt him is if I destroy the whole city. Yeah, so I, I'm guessing next issue we're going to see Lex uh, probably try and free Superman or like fight this villain. It'd be cool if yeah. he really turned up back in his, his Superman costume that he had that Yeah, that armor. would be fun. Such a good suit. Why did they ever yeah. stop using that? I know, right? I know. <laughs> Like, like, it should have gone to someone else. I can understand Lex can't wear it all the time, but, like, it really should have gone to another character. Yeah, stuck around where, like, Superman can use it every now and then for something. Yeah. It's a legitimately great design. In fact, speaking of design work, the chains design is really good, too. He's like a crazy hobo with a bunch of chains and bondage shit hanging off him. Yeah, uh, he looks like that one character from My Hero Academia, that, that te is it the teacher they have, who's, like, always tired. Oh, the slug guy? Yeah, yeah. The, See, I've watched. He's got just like enough, long black uh, hair. Someone, someone will know who he's. I can't remember what the teacher's name is. He's like, he's like their, their. He's a good guy. He's like their teacher in like the first yeah, season. Yeah. That the chat is just screaming at us right now yeah. for not knowing enough about anime. But yes, I, we, I have watched just enough My Hero to know that character, and yeah, that character is pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looks like him. Yeah. Yes, I, I I liked that Superman, and it was good. And yeah, I'm glad we're off Night Terrors and we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, so good. <laughs> a razor head, razor yes, head. of yeah. course, named after the movie. Yeah. Which is good, good shit as well. Uh, I, I guess off the back of Superman, I can talk about Captain America, because the new Straczynski Captain America mm. dropped this week, and I was sure to read it. It was pretty good, wasn't it? is pretty good and also whatever you think the book is about it's not about that <laughs> i you know i am actually surprised i didn't see rage pieces about this likewise like it's specifically the end and we'll get to the end it's specifically the end yeah you, you know why i think we didn't see any like friggin rage bits about it because those people wouldn't have thought about it nearly as much as this needs to be thought about yeah. and not to like be all hoity-toity like oh you know straczynski makes comics for the thinking man but no this is really like a thinking person's comic is what this is it, it really is you you have to have a certain iq to, <laughs> to understand. understand this comic this captain america comic <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, uh, Straczynski wrote it uh, with Szechuan sauce in hand and in mind, <laughs> is what he did. But no, so like, the, the thing about this is that it's called Captain America, but it really has much less to do with Cap himself and everything to do about Steve Rogers, because straczynski makes the kind of genius call to be like okay what do we know about captain america's history uh he joins the military at 18 uh his parents die when he's around 14 so there's like four years of him in new york city that is completely unaccounted for and that no one has ever written anything about and straczynski's like cool this is where my whole run is gonna live it's pretty cool isn't it 
Very much so, and like hats off to him, because again, this this is like totally the dude who writes Babylon Five, who writes science fiction, who has this weird like multi-level chess brain where he's like, okay, we need to zero in on this one thing, and this is what it's going to be about, and from this, I will tell a story in the modern age. I will tell a story about him being a hero, but basically, it's a story about the four years wherein Captain America was homeless. Is yeah, what it is. he he was a little hobo who lived on the streets. Yeah and and like Bought for scraps yes saving up his money yep they bring back arnie roth who is a great character from the jm demathis era who has only gotten more important to marvel because he's actually a great instance of both jewish representation and then later of queer representation yes so i love that he actually gets to stick around and gets to be so important and meanwhile steve buys the building that he's been living in since the lanzig and kelly era the very building that he grew up in and he saves it from this like evil friggin construction company who's gonna kick all the people out and build condos and shit so he's giving people rent control and helping them fix their shit and everything and just being a hero out of the costume as well as in it yeah i i i knew the minute like uh they set him up in that apartment which was like his own apartment uh that he yeah. had back in the 20s i i knew from that minute on i was like oh he's gonna like buy the building or like so he's gonna do something where like the building will end up in his possession yeah yeah this is also one of those few instances too where i can go hey captain america hawkeye did it first <laughs> i really expected clint to call him up and be like you're stealing my stick i own a building i think that, i don't know if he's still that, that's it. the next story is the battle of the landlords they're, they're gonna yeah. like start fighting each other about who's the better hero like who gives who gives like the better offer to like their tenants exactly clint's like I i'm having weekly barbecues for everyone i'm giving away free food captain america's like i'm giving foot rubs <laughs> Ooh, steve uh, also again you know clearly straczynski was told a lot of what was going on in the marvel universe right now because a lot of the continuity is good i kind of raised an eyebrow about cap getting a loan from uh tony stark because it's like wait didn't he lose all of his money in his own book and isn't he fighting orchards eh, it's not that important but still i like to think like steve made like a quick like like stock deal or something it's like ah steve only, he only needed like like a couple of couple of grand so like tony like just lends him like some stocks or something He's, he's got it in his suit pants where Tony's yeah. like, oh, I'm not rich anymore. I'm so poor. How much is the building? Oh, only that much? Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, he, <laughs> he'll just sell, like, one of his supercars or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, Tony is poor on, like, a completely different level than other yeah. people would consider themselves poor. Yeah, yeah. He can't buy that yacht this week. Yeah. Yeah, really. I'll just sell one of my Iron Man heads on eBay <laughs> so you can do that. Or, or also what I just assumed, like, maybe the Avengers just have a fucking slush fund or something. Yeah, like, money that's, like, out of reach of everyone else that, like, Avengers can dip into when they need to. Yeah, freaking, uh, what is it, goddamn Scarlet Witch is like, okay, I'll go to the bank and make a deposit. She just goes into the backyard of Avengers Tower and, like, digs up an old <laughs> soup can that has ten grand in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the coffee can in the, in the, in the kitchen, yeah. <laughs> and you get Jarvis in the back, I don't trust banks, mom, this is why. <laughs> I bury all the money in the front yard, don't trust no banks. <laughs> if there's a fire, that's okay, we got it in the tomato can under the building. <laughs> he's one of those guys who hides like his money in pvc piping and puts that in the walls 
<laughs> there are people who do that, by the way. Know, There's people yeah. who are really fucking paranoid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which hey, I've heard stories too of like guys who are doing pipes and doing construction, and they find like ten grand in the wall, and they have that moment of like, uh, I could take this, but then they're like, I don't know who this money belongs to, and they definitely come looking for me for it. <laughs> so you don't want to be taking anyone's wall money. <laughs> But yeah, the, the book is really solid, goes into a ton of really interesting directions. Steve, like, hangs out with the Fantastic Four for a minute, which is really fun. Yeah, I like that they just, like, call him up and be like, hey, you want to come and, like, on an interdimensional mission with us? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, sure, I'm up for anything, man. Yeah. Also, too, you can tell that Straczynski has, like, a certain affinity for the Fantastic Four that most other writers don't. Because, like, if you could do a cameo, they'd be like, oh, can Spider-Man cameo? Can Daredevil or the Guardians uh, cameo? But Straczynski's like, no, I want to work with the Fantastic Four because I grew up reading them. Yeah, and they're fucking awesome. And they're awesome, and they should be, and they're awesome in this story. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the big stinger at the end of this story is, you know, Steve, he's so close to finally getting his own apartment and everything. He's just a couple bucks short. But, oh, you know, he's starving because, you know, all of his money is going to try and put a roof over his head. Mm -hmm. And a guy in the park tells him, hey, they're having a political rally over there and they're handing out food. And, hey, you know, they're, they're, they're the bee's knees. They're really on the level and they're peachy keen and got some good ideas. And I think you'd like them, Steve, you blonde-haired, blue-eyed ragamuffin. You go check them out. And he's sitting there and he's eating his sandwiches like, oh, good food. And then you find out the political rally is being put on by the American German bun which is a very real group <laughs> of pro-Nazi Americans who existed yeah. in New York at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just before World War II, and I think during it as well. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and they, they, they would do, they would literally do stuff like this, where they would have, like, yes, would. like, cookouts and stuff, and just try and, like, make it seem like they're like, ah, oh, we're all American, but, ah, uh, those pesky Jews, you know? <laughs> basically here's the thing you know how i knew about the uh american german bun and mm -hmm. it makes total sense and i can see why straczynski would put them in the book they were the guys who sent death threats to jack kirby when he made the oh. first captain america story where he's punching hitler oh it was them and i'm oh like my oh god. my god is steve gonna fight the guys who actually <laughs> had a problem with him in real life oh that'd be awesome that's kind of fucking amazing. I'm like, Straczynski, you did it again, Straczynski. You know story structure, Straczynski. <laughs> God damn. And like, and like, it's a big deal to see him come back too because this is his first time writing a Marvel comic in like a decade. And clearly this is a story he wanted to tell because he could have written any character he wanted, but he wanted to write Captain America probably because he had this story in mind. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it's just great. And, and as I said before, surprised more people didn't get upset with that final page. Yeah, well, again, because they probably didn't know the history. Is yeah, the like I'm surprised fucking, what's his name? That dude who runs Bleeding Cool didn't run some story about, oh, oh yeah. Captain America is now a Nazi, or so, you know, a secret Nazi, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Really <laughs> shitty photos that he's taken of the issue he bought from his local yeah, comic book really. shop. Yeah, Again, I, I don't think they get it, and I'm sure it's also like, now nah, this is too close to when we ran the same thing for Secret Empire, which was also <laughs> ironically about uh, Steve's mother joining a Nazi club as a single mother looking for support. Though, as we found out later, none of that was actually true, but still. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and also, it's not like Steve is joining. He's just eating a sandwich and being like, oh, this isn't great. Because, like, clearly, even young Steve, they make a point of saying, is yeah. politically minded because he uh, sells people papers. And even him and Arnie Roth are like, oh, boy, that Hitler, uh, those Europeans uh, sure did capitulate to this guy a little too quickly. He's not going to just be happy with Czechoslovakia. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can tell by the way he's acting. He's like, oh, this probably isn't a good idea i i shouldn't have eaten the nazi hot dogs yeah why did i do that <laughs> oh these delicious frankfurters why why <laughs> now actually actually i do believe the actual origins of the hot dog in new york they were polish sausages that were sold on a roll at baseball games so there you go the germans don't own that one the polish <laughs> own that one because yeah because i think the polish the idea was is that the polish word for hot dog or for sausage was too hard to say so americans just shortened it to hot dog <laughs> is what they did so there you go a little food history but yeah am i still a little salty the lanzig and kelly era had to wrap up as quickly as it did yes was this still also a good issue yes 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 very good <laughs> Very good, and you know, hopefully this has more eyes. I know a lot of people were checking it out, people who haven't read comics in a decade, but remember liking Straczynski, people who are fans of Babylon 5 and everything else he's worked on, and they're like, oh, I'll check this out. So maybe if they can, you know, do their job right, this will be a nice way for them to wet their toes. Definitely, definitely. It's definitely worth it. As a, a new number one, you can't really go wrong with it. And Str again, and Straczynski, so yeah. And it's so easy to pick up. Yes. I think this was very much meant to be an easy comic to pick up. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't really need to know anything going into it. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, well, I had an, another new number one, and uh, that was Wonder Woman, issue one. Oh, yes, the new Tom King one. I Yeah. You know, I, I've forgiven Tom King for Batman and Heroes in Crisis, but I was still a little scared to pick this one up, especially because I had so much other stuff going on. How was it? It's pretty good, but I'll say right off the bat, this is, like, he's he's, he's still writing the same thing again. Uh, of course like, he is. Government men, secret agent people who mm. are in, like, uh, the, the government bad, maybe? But there is some really cool shit in here, stuff that he doesn't really dive into in his other books, like conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I, I like you said, government bad, maybe. Yeah, that that is ninety percent of Tom King's yeah. work. Where it's like I can't tell if you're pro or anti-government because yeah. you did work for the real government for so many years. Yeah, it's really it's it, he's in that sort of gray area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the book the book uh actually really isn't about Wonder Woman at all uh oh. it's 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 all set up for this run which is really surprising because usually tom oh. king never does that yeah yeah usually he's not known for that yeah uh so we find out that across america there's been a bunch of uh killings and murders uh perpetrated by amazonians and they're all against oh, men so uh wow. the wow. news is like stoking's like ah these terrorists are they trying to kill off the men and take over america you know all that sort of mm. stuff so the Americans uh, enact a uh, Amazon Safety Act and uh, demand all do yeah we very fucking quick. There's a reason for that as well. Um, ah. they, they they enact this act and tell all Amazons to get out of the country, otherwise you, they'll be forcefully deported or killed. Um, How many Amazons are living in America? <laughs> apparently, quite a lot. Because uh, we we'll get to that as well. But um, the, the the task force for this is run by Sergeant Steele. Uh, who is again Ooh. like Tom King likes to do is a very old gumshoe from like the fifties of DC. He's he's like a, a PI uh, who has like a metal hand 
like a, like a, at first it was like like literal like cast iron metal hand he would just like slam in but then he got like a bionicle one in uh i think in infinite crisis he's had right. run-ins with with uh wonder woman and the amazons before which is why he was hired for this job um oh, and we, he, he's actually kind of a cool character we find we when we find him he gets like a text message about this and he's like oh fuck he was like undercover and he breaks cover <laughs> and tells the two guys he's with like oh we were trying to like catch you like stealing state secrets but now that like the whole plan is <laughs> fucked i'm just gonna kill you and he like he's got a gun built into the to, to his robot hand so he just goes does nice. like finger guns to them and like kills them it's pretty cool yeah very very slam bradley very yeah. that era yeah. of yeah like dick tracy gumshoe yeah that sounds like something that yeah. tong king would sell at yeah well speaking of slam bradley you brought him back as well ah fucking awesome okay yeah. i love slam yeah. bradley yeah he, he was he's the main character of that gotham book he recently did which which i never read but sal told me that i would absolutely love it the most yeah, apparently it's really totally good. my brand of you yeah. know fast talking tone of the century ha 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 yeah uh so, so still runs this uh runs this up on this uh woman who we find out is a uh amazonian and she's she's married to a to 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 this other amazonian woman and they've adopted a daughter and they're sort of living peacefully in america and uh steel and his his jackbooted thugs basically burst down her door and kill the amazonian in front of the little girl and everything and he has this absolutely cartoonish moment that never comes back but he's like literally he's like okay do you want to tell your daughter that her her other mother is not coming back or do you want me to like kill you and then and then i tell her like it's this really cartoonishly mo like evil moment and it never like and then he just goes back to like i'm like hard-bitten cia agent guy it's so weird so weird that, that sounds like something tom king actually heard on the job is what that yeah sounds yeah like. yeah it sounds like a very specific thing yeah yeah or like that sounds cartoonish to us because we weren't in that line of work but that's probably something he heard at one mm, point like wow that's surprised. super fucked up i should write that into a comic one day yeah yeah so so yeah the 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 the, the america is like kicking out all the amazonians uh nubia sends word to diana to like come back to themyscira diana just sends back her sword and tells the uh, the ambassador that she sent it back so she wouldn't be tempted to use it um and uh, and we learned in the background of all of this diana has been trying to investigate what's going on with the amazonians killing these men and she's found out that like it wasn't amazonians it was people posing as them or at least people uh. like pretending to be amazonians to sort of stoke uh like uh anti-amazonian sentiment against them and steve's like running things in washington and he's like can't be seen with her because she's an amazonian and it's like mm. bad for my career and whatnot and he's trying to like direct her in the right way and she ends up getting uh into a confrontation with steel who she she this is the first time we see her and it's like three or four pages before the end of the book oh wow and, and she 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 wipes out his team and she doesn't kill any of them and it's 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 funny because she 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 got shot at first but but still for the for the record that's being recorded is like acting like she attacked them and everything and <laughs> she's trying course. to figure out like why is he doing this so she uses her lasso of truth to figure out that he's being uh controlled by someone called the sovereign and mm. and we learned that the venture brothers <laughs> yes yes the exact same it's uh, david bowie <laughs> we learned that the sovereign is the king of america and he's he's like okay. he's like the illuminati you know new world order guy who's like controlling everything 
And right, okay, so so it's secret president, another yeah. thing from Venture Brothers. Look, whoever gets elected president isn't yeah. the real president. Secret president is the president. Yeah, yeah, and he's controlling everything, and he's, he he looks like a king. And apparently, they've been they've been controlling America since before the first Spanish settlers like landed oh, on is, the shores and it, and everything. Is that the image I've been seeing making the rounds? Okay, that's actually yeah. a pretty cool idea and, for a supervillain. And, and not only that, he apparently has the lasso of lies. Oh, and, that, and that's how he's shit. been like controlling he's been controlling america basically with the lasso of lies what okay you know what tom king that's the si yeah. that, to put it in a british way that's the type of bollocks i love yeah. i know it's pretty cool isn't it <laughs> yeah and also feels very much like a golden age comic doesn't it? yeah and wonder woman yeah. must battle the king of america and his lasso of lies yeah it, it, it's great there's some really cool stuff the only problem is it feels just like okay you're starting to write like all the stuff you've written before feels very samey when when he doesn't write samey stuff you get awesome stuff like uh his supergirl run or that elmer fudd batman comic where it's just bonkers yeah. and he, it he has a comfort zone doesn't yeah. he as a writer yeah he does and he very rarely goes out of that and there's parts of this that do go out of it but then he just like settles back into it a little bit but yeah I, I i'm excited at some point did tom king play that assassin's creed uh dlc the tyranny of king <laughs> yeah, washington yeah because it feels a lot like that too doesn't it yeah he saw, he saw he's like kids playing it or something yeah it's like hey that's pretty yeah, cool like it, like it was on in the background it's like oh so evil king washington who uses ancient artifacts of a lost society <laughs> yeah yeah it feels very very assassin's creed-esque yeah very like if that was the thing like if that's how the new assassin's creed ends where you have to fight the king of america I'd be like, all right <laughs> but no yeah it's it's pretty cool it's got some really cool ideas i hope he like continues on with this stuff and doesn't fall right back into his comfort zone the bad habits yeah yeah that that actually sounds pretty fun, Matt. You've kind of, you've got, I feel like I need to sit down and read a couple Tom King things. I need to read that. I need to finish his super. There's a couple things I need to go back and be like, okay, let me reassess this man's work now. And that actually sounds like a pretty solid pitch. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good first issue. It gets all the. I do wish like the setup had been spread over two issues since it kind of barrels yeah. through it pretty quickly. But uh, it does a pretty good job of like setting up. Okay, where where is everyone in this in this uh, in this series? Where are they going you, and everything? Yeah, you definitely had me at King of America and his lasso of lies. Uh, like that's like I gotta yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah, and he rules from uh, the Andes, the Andes Mountains. He's he's got like a big castle up in the Andes Mountains, and yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah, well, of course, of course, yeah. a king needs castle. I thought you were gonna say he like has it in Middle America. He has it like in fucking Omaha or something <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, where no one would ever think to look in the goddamn <laughs> Appalachian Mountains, where no one thinks to look. <laughs> hey, did you know there was a castle up here? Huh, how about that? <laughs> uh, I guess too. You know, you're talking about uh, Wonder Woman. I'll talk about Nightwing, which I read this week. Ooh, what's going on with Nightwing's gold? Uh, Tom Taylor, you know, continuing to go from strength to strength on this book. You know, Nightwing. Now that we're done with Night Terrors, now that we're done with a bunch of other stuff dick can finally deal with that weird pirate conspiracy mm -hmm. that he was kind of a part of because yep. apparently there's a secret society of sailors and seamen who have been you know propping up bloodhaven since the very beginning because it was an old whaling town back in the day yep and you you made a joke about dick's gold but like seriously there's like a bunch of like ancient treasure and shit involved in this now yeah yeah no i've seen like some some pictures and stuff of it it's great it's great 
Yeah. So if you remember a couple arcs back, uh, he fought Tony Zuko, who was trying to steal a safe that this uh, pirate group, The Hold, was keeping because they're basically like a black market bank for people who can't go to real banks. Mm -hmm. And Dick was saved at the end of that story because, you know, the quartermaster, the old sea captain, was he, like, he no, had a he's vault, a didn't he? He, he had a yes, vault. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. He did. He's like, oh, he's a customer in good standing with the hold, you see. And Dick's like, I don't fucking remember that. How the hell did that happen? Well, apparently it happened when he was Rick Grayson two years ago. <laughs> Talax uh, retroactively making Rick a bit more interesting. Twice now he's done that. Yeah. Twice now yeah. he's brought back Rick Grayson and retro retroactively made him better. And the idea is, is that Rick met a dude he didn't recognize from his circus days. And the guy's like, hey, I was supposed to give you this package years ago, but I kind of went on a bender and went to jail. Here's this important package. You're supposed to have it. And Rick's like, well, I don't know if I should open this because I'm technically not dick right now. And even if I do open this, I'm probably not going to understand it. <laughs> so I should probably hide it somewhere. And B, his bartender friend, who I think was a Dan Abnett creation, actually, because Abnett wrote that book at a point, too, was like, hey, that's okay. I know some pirates you can hide this with. <laughs> And Rick's like, cool, I'll give it to these pirates. And they're like, what name should we put on this one, Rick or Dick? And he's like, I don't know, fucking Nightwing, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a whole thing there. Uh, Heartless apparently wants what the pirates have now. So he kills his way inside the hold, only to find out that their ship is gone and all their treasure is gone. Mm -hmm. And Nightwing's trying to solve the murder, but they take a bunch of the bodies in a fake ambulance and he has to chase after them only for the ambulance to like actually end up on a ship floating in the bay. <laughs> and all these pirates are going to kill Nightwing until their captain, who is named Captain Blood, B-L-U-D, like Bloodhaven. Mm -hmm comes out to save him, and it turns out that Captain Blood is actually B the bartender. Oh, shit. Yeah, so apparently he always knew the leader of the hold. Damn. Which is crazy, and yeah, this this looks like this is going to be a seafaring Pirates of the Caribbean adventure with Nightwing now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think there are a few stories that don't get better with the, in you know, by adding pirates to it, and now we're getting pirates. Nice. Awesome. Everything's made yeah. better by pirates. It, it really is. And also, it gives Bloodhaven as a city more personality, too, to be like, yeah, it was a fucking whaling city, man. Yep. Ports and yep. seamen and sailors and everything. Are you looking for sailors? Nightwing's looking for sailors. <laughs> Going to be a lot of sea chanties in the next uh, couple issues, I tell you what. Nice, nice. All right, so I, I had two more after that. What about you? Cool, yeah. I, yeah, I had two more, yeah. It's funny, we always usually end up reading the same amount. Uh, yeah, uh, the next uh, book I had was Big Game, Issue 3. Ah, uh, yes. The, the continuation. The big crossover, yes. Yes, the continuation of the Miller World crossover, and uh, things are getting a bit more crazy in this issue. Uh, the issue opens with his character, Huck, uh, who is like the big, like, lovable oaf. Superman who's, guy. Who's, who's got, like, superpowers, and, like, uh, it opens with him getting nuked. Uh-oh. That seems bad. <laughs> they they nuked him while he was trying to carry a polar bear back to its family in the North Pole. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um they then uh kill the kid who was uh the character superior. You know the the, the oh, Shazam. Yeah. 
So the, the, it's it's actually quite funny because like he can't turn into superior anymore because he could only do it for a week because he sold his soul to a devil. But then he got his soul oh, back and like traded problem. traded the powers back. And they the 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 assassins are like wondering like can we kill this guy because like he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> He's like disabled because that, that was the thing. Si Simon Pooney was disabled and the powers gave him like legs and he's able to do stuff and everything. They're like, can we like kill this guy? And they're like, ah, oh, we can't risk him. So they're like, turn him into like flowers. They like explode <laughs> him into like flowers and everything. Uh, then they murder everyone of uh, nightclub, which is like the, the vampire people who wear like the, the, uh, the, the, the lucha masks. Uh, right i yeah. vaguely remember this yeah they, they kill them in a really cool way they they use magic to turn the roof they're on into water and then they trap them in the water and then turn the water into holy water and it just like disintegrates them because they're vampires <laughs> uh what happens next what happens? it's just it's just all about killing people in this issue um they kill yeah, that totally. they kill those guys uh, oh yeah, Dave Lazuski, uh, Kickass is 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 mulling over whether he should join up with like all these heroes because the president has put out an emergency call, which is a fake emergency call because the fraternity like own the president, so they're like telling them to like gather all the heroes together so they can kill them easily. So he he decides he's gonna like suit up again as Kickass and go and help. Um, and the, uh, like every issue so far has had like 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 meta references to stuff, but this issue it, it got like it got really bad. It got kind of cringy because like <laughs> Dave Lazuski has a line of dialogue where it's like it's like oh, no, if the president see, seems this bad, it, it, Joe Biden's going to need all the help he can get. And I'm like, oh god, damn, no, uh, no, yeah. And then and then he also starts making references like he tells his girlfriend, "This is going to be like Crisis of Infinite Earth or like a big Marvel." like summer event i'm like okay i get dave is a comic book fan but no one actually yes. talks like that no no one I actually mean, we talks do on like this that. show but that's <laughs> but different that's funny though yeah exactly yeah we're, we're doing it tongue-in-cheek <laughs> yeah yeah he, he does he does have a pretty good line though about how his local comic book shop has kind of completely stopped selling comics and now only sells like manga and pokemon stuff just yeah, very true it's very true yeah, yeah. You, you know what malar you're right every so often <laughs> <laughs> so he runs off to go probably to his death uh and the magic order which is the newest creation i believe uh just just before the ambassadors came into the scene of of millars they're like a netflix creation of his uh they're oh, yeah. huh. they're involved in this but they can't actually help any of the heroes because they can only intervene in magical and supernatural affairs so they kind of mm. have to sit it out and sort of like just wait it out before anything can happen um and then after that the rest of the issue is just hitman and uh hit girl and uh the kingsman eggsy just killing a bunch of fraternity soldiers yeah. uh, they tracked them back to their base and they're trying to figure out why they need the chrononauts uh bodies and they figure that they want the time travel device and then, then eggsy gets fucking his head blown off by by i by saw that yeah someone thing. posted that yeah and and hit girl ends up using the time travel device and goes back in time 65 million years <laughs> and that's where the book ends so <laughs> really that's yeah. the end of it well that's the end of this issue <laughs> okay i was gonna say that's the end yeah. of the series yeah like, i can't just end it there <laughs> so basically you're telling me is that this is a book where anything that can happen will happen and anything that millar uh can think of will be put on the page probably yeah yeah probably and i i mean i'm looking forward to that like hit girl being sent back in time because in the first issue uh simon crane and his people dug up like a bunch of like 
effigies that that are like millions of years old of of like superheroes and stuff so it's like is this like is this her going back in time and setting up like a superhero society before even before the fraternity is a thing or like what's going on she's the totemic reason that superheroes exist in human culture that'd be pretty cool as uh, i i do like he also builds like hit girl up as like wesley's wesley gibson's like nemesis because he's like she's the only one i was really worried about actually doing something against my plan so i wanted to take her out like quickly and and like he he makes it known to her that like she is like good but not as good as he is because he's like he can bend bullets around corners and do all this sort of stuff i mean it also makes sense too for her to be like the main good guy arch nemesis because she's arguably the most successful popular creation yeah she's had like a bunch of books in and of her own and has kind of managed to live culturally outside of just kick-ass yeah i am intrigued because they haven't mentioned because i know for a minute there there was a second kick-ass and it was a woman it was like an african-american woman i believe oh yeah that's right i yeah, don't know what happened sequel, i don't ever know what happened to her i just know that she was a thing and she hasn't been mentioned once in this book so she she died before this event <laughs> i don't know did, did malar write her too again yeah i remember her being on the cover and i vaguely yeah. remember people talking about yeah did, did she die did malar write that book is he disowning it i don't know yeah it's 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 really weird i mean that it could be a very meta thing as well as the fact uh, that like the whole story with dave in this book is that he sees a chance to be a hero again and be big and popular so he's like kind of jumping at it and kind of wants true. to do it so yeah again kind of meta textual oh okay her name was patience lee she was an afghani war veteran who returns to find her husband has left her run up a huge debt she decides to steal cash from the people running the neighborhood to pay off her debt she dons the kick-ass costume and allows herself to be caught Ezeva uses her combat skills to take down the gangster forces the boss gunpoint blah 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 uh kills them da, 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 da. and then you know yeah okay so she was kick ass so yeah i guess yeah. that's how that story ends so yeah there definitely was a female version of the character and the book was called uh, kick ass new girl maybe he's saving it for like a reveal like we'll get like 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 dave will go to this meeting and like they, they'll kill him and we'll only see the costume but really they like i know killed her or something and dave is still alive or vice versa or something yeah okay yeah the the book was uh what is it from 2014 it ended mm. uh yeah mark millar and john romita jr Wrote, yeah. wrote and drew it yeah i don't think i don't think like anyone other than malar has written any of these characters i think they're all like he keeps them all pretty close to his chest well i well that's the thing because i know uh hit girl had a couple series to herself written by other people where she like oh, went okay. to a different country and fought like that uh country's native crime i only know that because i think uh oh th- there was one in toronto where a canadian guy got to write it oh nice yeah which was a whole thing there uh yeah oh god yeah what the what the fuck was that yeah the hit girl actually had quite a big long um run there because i know there was talk that they wanted to do like a hit girl spin-off movie mm-hmm. with her but that like never happened because no. you know the sequel didn't make as much money as they wanted it to and also because chloe grace moretz got like way too famous and way too busy yes yeah, kind of a shame maybe they they, yeah, they can do some more yeah, it would be it would be amazing if she came back now and did it yeah they, they should just like get them all back like uh Aaron Terry, yeah. taylor johnson and playing craven didn't do anything for your career yeah come play dave yeah, lazuski who's a much more interesting character very much so yeah i don't give a shit that they're older whatever 
Yeah. Just say that that that's how much time took place in the real world. Yeah. Well, I mean, just in this book, like in this book, Dave mentions that he's thirty-one years old, and that like he hasn't he hasn't been doing that. He hasn't been a superhero for like fifteen years or something. Yeah, she she's hit woman now. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll when just, we we'll when, the... when we catch up with Mindy in the last issue, she's like driving herself to like the comic shop and getting coffee and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, she's she's like a woman now. Yeah, we'll we'll have a force ghost situation where Nick Cage can come back. <laughs> we'll just bring him back. Retcon, retcon. He's back. <laughs> you know what? She, she's having a rough time right now, Mindy. So she's having like weird, uh, like Norman Osborn, Harry Osborn situations where she keeps seeing her father in the mirror, and it's like, oh god, do I have <laughs> schizophrenia or what's going on? <laughs> hey, it's me. It's her father. Hey. <laughs> yeah, and he can Nicholas do that Cage. weird voice he did for the character as well. <laughs> Yeah, he's where he's doing like kind of an Adam West, but not quite an Adam West. Yeah, an Adam West via like Southern. Yeah, I just, I just like being in movies. It's <laughs> not so much to ask. I just really like being in movies. <laughs> He'd probably fucking this, do it too. <laughs> he would. Can, can I wear the costume again? Can I wear a Batman costume again? Can, can I be old man, big daddy? Okay. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> And hey, uh, speaking of Batman-esque characters, I had Catwoman 57 this week, which is the third part of Gotham War. I haven't dared read this one yet. <laughs> it's getting better. The things yeah. that are annoying about it are still annoying, but it is getting slightly better. It is essentially still just heroes arguing with each other, but this one actually has some pretty interesting twists and turns in it. I did see that one page where, like, she talks with Nightwing, and Nightwing's like, yeah, this is pretty stupid. Maybe you should, like, think yes. about that. <laughs> yes, that's great. That's a great scene, uh, because basically Catwoman has this big plan. She, she's going to rob the opera. It's going to be the biggest opera robbery ever. Uh, Red Hood is going to be out there stealing cars, and she's like, oh, yeah, this is the perfect job for you because you got your career started by stealing <laughs> hubcaps, and now you're going to steal the whole car. <laughs> Which, which again, she's using him as a distraction twice now. But she's like, no, 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 you know, that's a faint. That's a Kansas City shuffle. Red Hood stealing the car. So inside, I get my most attractive henchmen to go and steal everyone's jewelry while dancing with them. And they're going to be so freaked out about their cars being stolen, they won't even notice I took their jewelry. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, Catwoman, that's actually a pretty dope plan. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's pretty good. And and, and Nightwing manages to find her because it's like, yeah, I knew this was your favorite opera. You and Bruce took me here when I was a little kid, don't you remember? Mm -hmm. You let me you let me sit at the bar and you bought me a Shirley Temple and I felt like a real adult. And she's like, oh, fuck, really? He's like, yeah, that's why me and the other sidekicks are being neutral right now because we think it's really stupid that you guys are basically having a lover's quarrel that has, you know, affected the entire city. And Catwoman really has this, like, come to Jesus moment where she's like, well, fuck me when you put it that way. I re we really do sound just like mommy and daddy having a fight and taking it out on everyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, again, Nightwing for the win, am I right? <laughs> but of course, by this point, shit's already like spiraling out of control. Batman's having a nervous breakdown because Vandal Savage stole his house. <laughs> Catwoman doesn't know that yet, but she is spying on him and she sees him at the graveyard, like yelling at his parents' grave. <laughs> And she's like, fuck, I just wanted him to feel bad. I didn't want to actually have him like, have a oh, mental breakdown. Yeah. Oh, no, Batman's having a completely normal one tonight. Yeah, he's just having a really yelling at the, just shouting yeah, at his yeah. parents' graves. <laughs> oh, that, that's such a funny visual. 
Oh, it is. It is hilarious in the book. <laughs> I don't know if they meant for it to be hilarious, but it's fucking hilarious because it's in, in his internal monologue. He's being really normal. He's like, oh, you know, my house, it was so much more than just my family's legacy and a roof over my head. You know, so many of my sidekicks grew up without homes and without safety. And, you know, this was my way to, you know, give back to them, you know. And, you know, it was so important to me. That's what he's thinking. But in his mind, he's just yelling. At it. In reality, he's just yelling at his parents' graves. Yeah, doing, like, the Christian Bale yell where he can't really oh. t- tell what he's... He's just making, like, John Bernthal animal noises. Yes, 100%. That's what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, him and Red Hood have another little fight. And, you know, Jason gets in some good lines there where he's like, stop trying to save me, Batman. We've never seen eye to eye you know, morally on anything before. Is it so hard for you to believe that I agree more with Catwoman's way of doing things? Yeah, it is. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And Batman being Batman, no, I can save you. I can save you. I'm never going to let you die again. I'm going to save you. (laughs) Which, yeah, is insane. Though Batman also gets in a good line too, where he's like, look, you know, you guys want to be criminals. That's fine. But let me ask you this. How many famous crime stories have happy endings? Yeah, and it's true when you think about it scarface godfather goodfellas they they're they're all riding high for a minute but they all have really sad endings don't they (laughs) and again with batman's own guilt like i can't i can't let you die i can't let you die again is the thing i refuse to let it happen i will drug you though and steal your communicator and listen until catwoman uh references where you guys are hiding And then Vandal Savage comes strolling in, being like, hey, in case you didn't know, I'm probably, like, the real villain in this. And he's like, you know, join me, Catwoman, on the dark side, and together we can do whatever. And Catwoman is like, no, fuck you. I've made a lot of bad choices, but even I'm not that stupid to team up with you. Is he going to buy her, like, training facility now, just like she, like he bought the Wayne Manor? <laughs> well, here's the thing. He might not even have to, because uh, you, you know how Catwoman has had that number two woman who apparently she's been hanging out with since prison, Marquise? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm who's been like her right-hand woman and has been whispering in her ear. So Marquise doesn't actually exist. Oh, fuck, really? (laughs) Yeah, Marquise is a persona being used by Scandal Savage. Ah, ah, that's true. Yeah, that was my reaction, too. I'm like, okay, Gotham War, you won me back. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, okay, that actually does sound pretty good. It, right that's the thing i'm like okay so vandal is really actually playing is playing multiple sides in this against each other yes they were being petty for their fighting but vandal is making it worse by fanning the flames of it and also batman takes some information from riddler riddler's like yeah i kind of hate what catwoman's doing right now and the sooner you beat her the thing the sooner things can get back to normal mm-hmm. and batman's like well fuck i really don't want to be playing into your hands but i guess i kind of have to because i can't go to my family for help and i can't go to the police for help so i guess i kind of have to do your dirty work in this situation <laughs> and that kind of gives him pause for a minute that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah so yeah, it's getting better. It's getting better, and I mean, like, seriously, I mean, I'm the easiest lay in the world, Timmy Howard. You bring back Scandal Savage, and I'm like, in, in, in. <laughs> <laughs> now now I hope they, like, do something where, like, Vandal didn't account for, like, like obviously he, he like, he, he intended to, like, fuck with Batman and, like, drive him a mm-hmm. bit insane, but he didn't intend for, like, Batman to have, like, Zuranar, so, like, Zuranar just, like, takes over again, and now he's got, like, a hyper-violent Batman on his hands. <laughs> Oh, oh, probably. That's the thing, too. Like, no one knows that Batman is dealing with Zuranal mm. right now, and that's going to yeah. blow up in everyone's face. Yeah, it's going to be great. My, my, 
My favorite thing, too, about Scandal Savage coming back is how many people who, A, didn't know this character existed, and B, didn't know that Scandal was her name. <laughs> they just think it's like like the, 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 the hush-shush situation where it's like a new character yes. sort of thing. Nope, she's an old character. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Vandal is that much of a fucking <laughs> shitty parent that he named his daughter Scandal. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, your name has to rhyme with mine. Yeah, of That's course. That's kind of the thing. We, yeah, we got a naming convention going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's actually better. I can't, I can't blame you if you gave up on Gotham War because those first couple issues were rough to read because it has all the problems that, you know, heroes fighting hero stories have where they just fucking talk in circles forever and none of it matters yep. because, you know, we're just going to go back to the status quo anyway. Yeah, and especially, yeah, when there was such, there's like such an easy fix to this situation where it's literally Catwoman and Batman just sit down and talk things out like adults. <laughs> Yeah, well, we can't have that because we're both, you know, like shitty teenagers in our first breakup. Mm -hmm. And we're literally making our problems everyone else's problems. Yeah. But yeah, so actually getting kind of better. And I'm also kind of interested now to read the Red Hood tie-in that they're doing because there's mm. a moment where Catwoman thinks that, you know, Red Hood might be hurt or dead. And she's like, oh, no, I have to save him. I couldn't live with myself if something bad happened to one of the Robins. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're really playing into this idea of Catwoman being surrogate mother to the sidekicks like Batman is surrogate father, which is an idea they have never played with before. And wow, do I think they should have sooner. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah what a, what a missed yeah. opportunity and i'm shocked they're only bringing it up here and i'm like yeah wow because if batman and catwoman have been dating on and off since like the 50s you would think the sidekicks would know a lot of you know would have spent a lot of time with her eventually yeah you'd think they would have done a story by now of like like a flashback when like jason was robin and like selena came over or something or like yeah, he, right? he followed bruce when bruce was being a bit suspicious and found out he was going on some date with selena or something uh, yeah yeah really and like what that would have done to them like i'm not gonna call her mom i'm not gonna you know <laughs> let her into my life and everything but then they realize oh selena's like super fucking cool and everything yeah she's the cool stepmom she is literally cool stepmom. That's that's basically what Jason is doing. I don't need you, Dad. Catwoman lets me stay up till yeah. ten and drink wine with dinner and swear. <laughs> she buys me M for mature rated video games and lets me wear blue jeans. You love slacks. No, I don't. I want blue jeans. <laughs> That's that's literally what Red Hood's whole story. And you know what? I'm fine with it. I've been saying that he's been a petty, petulant child yeah. forever, so at least they're actually writing him like one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, 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 you know how they say, oh, man, that guy's got real divorce dad energy? Well, Red Hood <laughs> has real child of divorce energy is all I'm saying. <laughs> real child of divorce energy. Zenzaku's saying, you know, is there a event where that trope was actually done well, the hero versus hero thing? Yes, there probably has been, but I wouldn't say it was an event. I think hero versus hero is done better in standalone stories. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. Civil War is the standard bearer for it, which, again, ironically, Malar story. It's the standard bearer for it, but it was, like, annoying at the time, too. Like, it's it's, yeah. it's been embraced more with time now and because of the movie and everything, but don't get me wrong, it was annoying at the time, but also it was kind of exciting because it had never really been done before on that grand scale. Yeah, I, I would even say stuff like, uh, like again, it wasn't an event. It was like like a couple of issues in a run, like when John Byrne had Superman fight Batman in his Man of Steel run. Yes. 
Yeah, that's that's a really good one too. But yeah, yeah. I, I you you can do hero versus hero well. I just think making it as part of a big event is where you start to get into trouble. Yeah, base a big event around it is when it's it's wrong, yeah. Yeah, is when you start getting into a little bit of trouble with it because it's like, you know, this this should be a smaller, more interpersonal matter. It shouldn't be a big climactic blockbuster issue. No, not at all. Which is what they make it into. Uh, I had one last one and it was Spider-Man. What did you have? Uh, I had uh, Predator versus Wolverine. Okay, tell me all about this. I flipped through this one, but I didn't get a chance to read it, but it looked cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. It's set in three uh, three timelines. Uh, Percy's a big fucking fan yeah, of that. Yeah. Benjamin Percy actually uses uh, Wolverine's uh, penchant for uh, losing his memory, basically, or like having bits of his yep. memory uh, excised and experiments and something to like be like, oh, in these times that he can't really remember, he like fought predators. <laughs> Yep, I, I dig that a lot actually, because yeah, yeah, of course they come to Earth whenever they want. Yeah, so uh, the start of the the story is in the present, and he's being hunted by a predator, and he doesn't know like what it is, but he knows that like it's trying to turn him into a prey. Uh, and then we cut to a story set in the Alaskan wilderness in the 1900s, and it's a young <laughs> young Logan, young uh, Jimmy James Howlett, uh, yeah, young beardless Jimmy. Yeah, uh, hunting like beavers, and he's he's just like a, a loner out in like the forests, and he for he learned to forage from like the Native Americans and everything, and he get he goes into town when there's a storm and there's like someone uh, who needs his help with like getting their son back because their son was like taken from him because he's a prospector who hit it big and they like trying to ransom his son out for his take uh and at this time the the, the predator a very young predator comes to earth and like begins to like kill like <laughs> it's actually kind of cool he begins to just like kill will uh, like wilderness animals so like a deer but like he's not too good so like the first shot he like misses the deer and then he eventually kills it and gets angry so he then goes and hunts like like um uh, more deer and like uh snow lions and stuff and an orca like a killer whale at one point he's like riding a killer whale and like stabbing it in the head and shit um and he's just looking for like the bigger like the bigger hunt every now and then and then he eventually spots like a native american camp and uh jimmy and and this guy end up going out to look look for his son and they find like this camp and all the people have been skinned and like all the animals have been skinned and 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 the predator like sees wolverine and sees him pop his claws and it's like oh he, he looks like a he looks like a threat um classic predator so, so so the predator follows him to this cabin where these men are holed up and and wolverine kills kills the men and tries to find out where the boy is but apparently it's a shock twist there's no boy and this guy Ooh. tucker who hired him uh shoots him in the back and it's like oh these men were like robbing a train for me but then they tried to cut me out of the deal so i decided to find them kill them and then take all of the money for myself what a big brain uh, yeah. move yeah and he's 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 like he's like tipping his bowl of hat and just like cheerio i'm off and then, <laughs> then he gets his head blown off by the predator's plasma caster love it uh, and then then wolverine and, and predator fight and it's like evenly matched because like obviously wolverine can't die because he's got the healing factor and the predator is mm -hmm. the fucking predator so they like scratch each other every day and like like throwing smart discs and plasma casters and everything and and wolverine lures him to a cave where uh, a grizzly bear is waiting and it, it's it, it's a brilliant setup because percy sets this up as like this is this is uh wolverine's like safety deposit box when when he goes into <laughs> town he puts all his like 
goods and stuff in this cave where this bear is holding out for the winter the bear allows him to do this because he's like friends with the bear but like no one's going to go into a bear uh, a bear field cave to get stuff so he keeps right. it as like his safety deposit box and the predator ends up getting pulled into the cave and and wolverine thinks he's he's beaten and he wanders off into the forest but the predator comes out with the bear's head and, oh, fuck. and then we cut to like the 80s and he's part of team x and he's in yes which percy also brought back he's in columbia and and he's hunting like a guerrilla faction who's trying to overthrow the government and so it's just like the movie it's just there's literally like like preview art of of saber tooth with a giant minigun mowing down the forest in the next issue of course he is um and they they find the camp and it's been completely wiped out and there's people gutted and like scun and everything and he finds out that that same predator he fought back in the 1900s has come back to earth he's not come back alone he's come back with four other predators and they begin hunting the team and and that's where the issue ends nice i like that each of these looks like they're going to be a different era where it's like oh yeah wolverine didn't just fight the predator one time he fought several predators and he can't remember every time he can't remember it like like in in the team x one he doesn't really remember it but he he kept the smart disc that the predator threw at him and it's like hanging around his neck and he doesn't really know what it is and so he's like, oh, it's just something cool. And and yeah, it's it's really cool that I like that he just doesn't understand what's going on, but like this predator does. And it's like, you're that guy I tried to kill in the 1800s and the 1900s. How are you still alive? Oh, that's pretty great, actually. Yeah, Wolverine, the ultimate prey. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, that sounds super dope. I feel like I'm really going to enjoy that when I get a chance to read it. Yes. Uh, I guess we'll end with Spider-Man. So, uh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 34. Spider-Man's still evil. He's still gobbin. It's still amazing, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, he's, he's vicious. He's the vengeful Spider-Man. Uh, I, I will say, evil Spider-Man is still more proactive Spider-Man. We actually get to check back on in with Tombstone and Randy and Janice. We haven't seen them since the wedding got all shot up and everything. And Spider-Man's big plan is he sneaks into, like, Tombstone's room and he unplugs his fucking ventilator because apparently Peter has, like, a whole hit list of people who have wronged him. He buried Craven alive and now he's gonna, like, take them all out in one night. Oh, no. Yeah, which again, hey, that's actually a pretty compelling story, isn't it? (laughs) Evil Spider-Man taking out uh, all the people who he thinks wronged him. And uh, Norman, of course, who's an expert on goblin thinking, figures he knows exactly where Peter is going next. So he goes to warn uh, Paul and Mary Jane, being like, yeah, he's probably going to come here and try and kill you. So (laughs) So just be careful. So you know. (laughs) So, you know, you should probably get the hell out of here. You should probably, like, leave New York, is all I'm saying. <laughs> so they do, and uh, what Norman does is kind of awesome. He literally just turns off the lights, and he waits for Spider-Man to show up, and he does. He's sitting in the chair with a shotgun waiting for him, basically. Literally, that's what he's doing. And, <laughs> like, evil Spider-Man is, like, written with such shit-eating glee by Zeb Wells. Where it's like, hey, Norman, you're ruining my plans. Feels like you're ruining my plans. Did you warn Paul? You better not have warned Paul, because if you warned Paul, I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> Also, oh, who am I kidding? I was going to beat you to death anyway. I'm still mad about Gwen Stacy and all the other shit you put me through. And also, I've only stood by you all this time because I knew you would fuck up again. And I wanted to be there to laugh at you when you fell off the wagon again, basically. <laughs> which which is dark and cruel and yet also like, ooh, is that like deep down what Peter actually is thinking? Mm. 
in the back of his mind, you know, yeah. is this like, you know, uh, drunk lip speak with sober thoughts, you know, spider lip speak with goblin thoughts. <laughs> Although it is interesting too, like he beats the shit out of Norman, but he doesn't kill him. He gives Craven a chance by putting him in the grave. And, uh, and he also only unplugged uh, Tombstone's machines when he could have killed him. So it's also like, ooh, you know, is Peter actually fighting against the goblin by making him not as violent as he could be? Yep. That was what I theorized, at least. Yeah, I could see that happening. Also, thankfully, he's finally changing his costume, too. He built himself some crazy goblin wings now with, like, a fucking jet engine so he can fly around. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love it. If you haven't seen it, it's the thumbnail for my video on the channel. And apparently in the next issue, he actually does make a real goblin costume. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I uh, is that what that's from? Oh, yeah, I, yes. I, I saw it. It's, like, all black and, like, yeah, he's got, like, a glider and everything now. Yes, that's the well, one. Not, like, not a glider, like a, like a backpack glider sort of yep. thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's yep. what that's like. Like, <laughs> like freaking Batwings. And again, if you're going to make Spider-Man evil, if you're going to give him the Green Goblin sins, you might as well go nuts with it. And yeah. that's what they seem to be doing. Yeah, just go straight into it. Yeah, why not? They, they also seem to remember that Queen Goblin, Leslie Kafka's like, hey, I put all the sins into Peter, but I'm still a goblin monster. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I should probably go and kill Peter and see if that, you know, ungoblins me. And meanwhile, Norman digs up freaking Craven the Hunter and gives him his magic spear and is basically like, look, you started this shit, so we're going to end it. Take your spear back. <laughs> Which again, I'm like, okay, so this, this series is just schlock now, but at least it's more entertaining schlock. Yeah, yeah, I like that they seem to be leaning into it. It also feels like Zeb Wells, like, this is almost him passive-aggressively being like, look, you think my Spider-Man is bad? You think my Peter Parker is, like, selfish and unheroic? Fine. What if he was just a villain, then? Would you like that? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it sounds sounds like it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, like, I wouldn't call it good, but it's certainly entertaining. I yeah. didn't feel bad reading it. I'm like, wow, that was a schlocky good time. What's going to happen next? <laughs> And the answer is he's going to go even more goblin next issue. Yes. You never go full goblin, but he is. And only Paul can save them. Yeah, only Paul can save Or maybe Mary Jane with her powers, because they make a point of that, too. Being like, hey, remember how Mary Jane has powers now? It'll probably be important. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she's actually done much heroing, but she has powers now. And also her powers are totally random, but let's give it a try. Yeah, yeah, maybe she'll, she'll get something good. Yeah, she'll hit the jackpot. Yeah. Or something. Do you think they use it? They'd be like, "Oh, it's some hackneyed way to like make Peter good again." Maybe I've got yeah, like now can... powers that can magically take out whatever's turning Peter into this or something. I, I mean, like everyone jumped to the conclusion. I don't think they're wrong to jump to this conclusion that you know Norman will just sacrifice himself to put the sins back in him and put everything right again. Mm -hmm. Which would be like you know very trite but like totally something they would do and also kind of sad because that means the spider-man book loses its best most interesting character once he's gone yeah he has been pretty interesting hasn't he he's the he's been the only consistent thing yeah. in spider-man across all of it and it's not even something that zeb wells started with that was something nick spencer started uh christopher cantwell actually made interesting and then he just kind of adopted yep and it's still one of the best things in his book, seeing Norman struggle against all the odds to try and find redemption and not, you know, fall back. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Which is such a weird fucking time in Spider-Man. It's like, oh, what are you loving about Spider-Man now? Norman Osborn. Yeah, Norman Osborn. He's, he's, he's the most compelling hero of the book. 
Yeah, he's 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 literally the heart and soul <laughs> of the book, and without him, I don't know what would be up. <laughs> but yeah, so that was everything I read this week, which still is barely scratching the surface. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, is that uh, is that it for us, Matt? Are we ready to start winding this one down? I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed the video. Again, we're doing it on friggin' Discord now, which I think should sound and look a lot nicer. It does. It it, it does sound a lot better. I'm not usually you like cut out for me every now and then through Skype, but like this whole time you've been really good. I'm getting some mild drops from you, but nothing too noticeable. Uh, also, too, I guess we can talk about what's coming out this week. Again, if you're listening to this show, uh, you're either hearing it right now live Saturday night when we do it, hearing it again on Patreon where we try and upload it in video and audio format for everyone, or on Wednesday around 7 a.m. when I try and drop it. And if you are listening to it on Wednesday, then on the comic shelf right now, we have Detective Comics uh, 1074, which I'm not reading. I dropped off that one a while is, ago. Is um, that not tie? Is it tying into Gotham, or is that is is Ram V's just keeping that separate? Ram V is keeping that separate. No, he he want no part of this shit. <laughs> he wanted, but I mean, people who are reading that one are really enjoying it. Maybe yeah. I'll have to go back and check it out later. I don't know. But we got Action Comics 1057, Ultimate yes. Invasion 4, Green Arrow number 4. Man, this one's been slumbering for a bit. Ooh, about time that came back. Yeah, uh, The Avengers number 5, The Avengers Annual number 1. God damn it, two Avengers book in it, one week, I, I'm wondering if that is even going to be worth reading, because I think that's, uh, much like the X-Men Annual, is like a coven of chaos or whatever the fuck they're doing. Oh, is so it's it? like, okay, uh, cool. is it even worth reading? Because like, I'm not even, I didn't even know that was an event. Uh, yes, it is Coven of Chaos. It looks like it's actually, I don't Ugh. know, the finale of it because it looks like they're all fighting Agatha Harkness and that. Oh, who gives a shit? <laughs> I know. Uh, oh, Flash number one from Cy Spurrier Ooh, dropped yes. this week. Yes, looking forward to this one. Yeah, I think this is the big one. I want to try and make time to read this one. I don't know if I will have time or room, <laughs> but I will try. Uh, Invincible Iron Man number 10. This is the continuation of the Tony marrying Emma storyline. Mm-hmm. We got Immortal Thor number two, Batman Brave and the Bold five, Batman Catwoman, The Gotham War, Red Hood number one. So the Red Hood tie-in is this week. Nice, nice. Uh, Jean Grey number two, Miss Marvel the New Mutant number two, Death of Venomverse, that's still going. The Penguin number two, I still never read issue number one. That's how crazy it's been. It came out and I totally missed it. <laughs> Uh, Power Girl number one is this week. I know nice. anything Superman family you'll be very interested in, Matt. So we got that one coming out. Nice. Uh, what else do we got? Wildcats 11, Spider-Man India 4, Conan the Barbarian 3, which, man, they keep sending me press copies of that because obviously I've talked to Jim Zub before. I really want to get into that because I'd really like to support that book. Uh, ooh, Static Shock Shadows of Dakota number six. So I think that actually comes to an end this week. Oh, cool. Yeah, we got that going on. Uh, Star Trek Twelve. Uh, what else we got going on? Is that it for books? Is that it for everything? God damn! I, I swear, there's more and more every week. There is, and I think it's just going to get even busier. Yes, I think I think that's everything, everyone. I think that's uh, everything that's fit to print this week. Everything that you can expect from me and Matt on our own respective channels. So yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, oh, Cowboy helping us out in the chat. Matt, will uh, you play the new MK? I think you have been. You. Uh, I finished about the story. Yeah, I finished the story. I'm, I don't know whether I'll play someone stream. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll do like the tower thing they had. The like open world 
thing they I don't I don't know what it, I can't remember what it's called invasions or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. the yeah, it's like the new board game thing. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty cool. But yeah, I yeah, might been... I might but like, I've played through the the whole storyline and it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm dying to play it. I'm waiting for fucking payday. I spent my money very irresponsibly this week, so I didn't get to new get a new game. And of course, with uh, Mortal Kombat, I just can't get the standard edition. I need to get the super special <laughs> edition that comes with all the new characters, your peacemakers and your Omni Mans and everything else yes. that'll be coming down the pipeline. Yes, yes. So that's what I'll be doing. So yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening. Thank you everyone who donated. Again, it's a big help for us. Helps uh, keep the show moving along, keeping the lights on, uh, making sure we all get paid and fed and taken care of. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again next week. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. See you everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>